Are you trying to get all fired up for this thing? Yeah. Woo! Let's talk about Amazon reInvent. It was this week. How about we introduce ourselves first? So we, I am Steve McDowell, a senior analyst at More Insights and Strategy. Wow. I'm Matt Kimball, um, executive vice president of data center compute at More Insights and Strategy. Well, that would make me junior vice president. <laughs> uh, just, we're both senior analysts and we both kind of do the same thing. We both do. I, I focus a little more on storage. You focus a little more on server and we kind of meet in the middle. Yeah. Hold hands all the way back to the data center. Anyway, what's up, Stevie Ray? Speaking of the data center, so I'm, I'm working on a, on a piece. I don't know if I'll ever publish it because I never finish what I write, but uh, I'm working on a piece. It's a think piece about a mid-level band struggling with their own limitations and, and the harsh face of starting. <laughs> What is this? A sh what is this? Is this a? It threw me off. Yeah. I'm gonna start talking about my romance novels I'm working on now. It's a think piece about a mid-level band struggling with their own limitations and the harsh face of startup. The bands, of course, are HPE and LMC. <laughs> the harsh face of stardom is AWS, Amazon. Because I'm looking at Amazon, Matt. Here's kind of what you know. I don't want to go through the myriad of announcements that they put out this week because they're just overwhelming. In fact, there yeah. were so many announcements at reInvent that uh, they did a storage day two weeks ago to split those out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Right. You're right. And I, I think, go ahead. I, it's almost... It, you're, you're right, and it's amazing the, the pace and rate of innovation and kind of, of launches that they have. But it's it's also, it's like stuff, so much gets lost in the noise. They, they're they doing so much so quickly, it's hard to keep up with and hard to kind of wrap your, your arms around. Well, it, they're dominating. It, well, it is, and that's why I want to lift the conversation up a little bit. I think that, that we spend a lot of time, right, especially in our business, uh, looking at products and, and looking and thinking about features yeah and with amazon that's the wrong way to do this as you said there's a lot of innovation and you know the traditional way to measure innovation for a tech company is look at their patent counts uh i don't think that's fair with amazon because that's not the kind of innovation they're doing they're taking existing ip and building products and if you, if you looked at innovation just from the sheer number of announcements and features and products that they're delivering compared to other people that play in the same space. And I don't mean the cloud space. I mean the IT services space. Yeah. These guys are an order of magnitude or maybe two orders of magnitude uh, ahead of their nearest competitor in terms of delivering the building blocks to create IT infrastructure. Yeah. And they're a cloud services provider with services underlined, right? Yeah. 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 And the disruption, uh, I think it's a couple of fold and I think there are very direct analogies in a couple of industries, but you know, just look at Amazon's history. I think there are very direct in that, uh, analogies between where Amazon is going and how they're going about it with what they did with retail. Sure. And, and I think, um, you know, not to make this too lofty, 
But I do think if you look at Dell and HPE and some of the lesser OEMs, they are facing a long-term existential threat uh, because Amazon is not stopping at cloud, right? They're bringing that model everywhere. Yeah, well, you look at, you look at Outposts, right, which is a classic example of, of which, what they're talking which, about. Which GA'd this week. GA'd this week. So oh, you can hear God, sorry. Can, I'm, I'm talking over you. Uh, <laughs> I have a bigger mic. Uh, <laughs> but Outposts, I can go into right now, right? I can go into my Amazon Cloud dashboard and click Deliver Outpost Tomorrow. It's just yep. a button. It's just a button. It says how would you like it configured. And, and, and you know, if you if you you're right. And if you two two pieces, two two thoughts on that. If you if you talk to you know a lot of folks today, you know they will talk about the maturity of the cloud model and how mature it is. And I, you and I have talked about this before. We're really just in the beginning of the cloud era. And Outpost is the next kind of evolution of that, if you will, right? That's number one. Number two, people look at Outpost and Outposts and they think, well, it's just Amazon services, you know, kind of um, local in my local data center. And it's like, if that's the way you're looking at it, you're very short-sighted, right? I mean, this this is Amazon's move into the data center. And those lines between on prem, off prem, Forget about on-prem, off-prem, because that goes away completely. But, you know, my my data center versus, you know, Amazon's data center, those lines are getting more and more blurred, especially with outposts. And at, at some point, that outposts implementation installation becomes your data center, right? Oh, and yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it, at least among those of us who pay attention to cloud, right, and I'll put myself in this bucket, we've stopped talking about on-prem and off-prem. We yeah. talk about, and even HPE is, is adopted this, we're talking about the cloud model, the cloud economics. And what mm-hmm. cloud is all about, it's about simplicity of deployment. Uh, I want to point and click and build a data center. And then whether it's on-prem, off-prem, or some other availability zone, that's a SLA question, right? Yeah. What kind of performance do I want out of this thing? Yeah. And with, with Amazon pushing down onto the data center, what they're saying is all of you guys that are doing hybrid cloud, because of performance limitations or some other limitations, governance, whatever, uh, now we have a solution. So you still have the same dashboard. Yeah. Well, and, and when that, you look at and when you look at the announcements from from HPE with um, with its GreenLake offering, right, just recently over the last few days, and what what Dell Tech is doing, Dell Technologies is doing in this space, it's clear that they understand the. You know, it, it, I wouldn't even call it existential anymore. The real threat that Amazon is bringing um, to their business models, right? Oh, yeah. All right. And, and, you know, so HPE did have an announcement uh, coincidentally timed this week, right, around GreenLake, which was not a new GreenLake offering, but an Amazon type, a cloud type dashboard to configure. And, yeah. and we saw a preview of this in an event a couple of weeks ago. Uh it's nicer than Amazon's, right? It's a nice GUI. In fact, my reaction yeah. when I when I saw the demo was, uh, why doesn't EC2, why doesn't a, you know Amazon AWS this easy to drive? Yeah. Uh, so they get it, right? That's the whole thing behind GreenLake. Yep. And Dell's Dell's strategy, I think, is a little bit different. Uh, yeah, they're doing some of the on-demand stuff, but they're not packaging up like a cloud. I think their answer is from the data center out. If you want a consistent management plane, it's vSphere. Yeah, I think I think. I, I, I agree with you that that is that is what they're 
positioning out and trying to sell today. Um, I think anybody who who views Dell Tech as kind of not being aware of where the you know where the market is moving and preparing themselves for it is is also a little bit short sighted. These guys, you know, you always I always look at them and I'm like, man, you're a little bit behind. And then it's not that they're behind; they're pragmatic, right? They they oh, they, yeah. they make the move when the market is ready for them to make the move. Right. They don't there. And I don't mean this as a, and take this as this can be taken as, you know, they're laggards. They're not laggards. They but they wait for the 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 market and the requirements and the real kind of business needs to to be fully fleshed and matured before they before they jump in, which is really smart because it makes everybody else look kind of like science project ish in their approach to to some of these markets, right? So I hear you in that. That's what they're positioning. But I am I would bet a lot of money that they have a, a good line of sight as to where Amazon's moving, where Azure's moving with Azure Stack. Oh no no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. And and I think if you look at uh you know it's it's easy to I came in a little alarmist talking about existential threats. It's elite it's easy to overplay that a little bit because this is something that's going to happen over the course of a decade. Yeah. Right. Much like yeah. cloud did. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to happen uh, is a set of incremental steps. Yeah. Right. And yeah. you have to know where they're going to land. And I think you're absolutely right. Dell, Dell gets it. And it's easy to overcorrect and say, uh, not that HPE is doing this, but it's easy to overcorrect and say, well, everything's going to be as a service. But that's everything is a service in addition to. And yeah. I think that's where Dell's playing because there is still a lot of money. Yeah, and and just the core IT infrastructure bits, right? And that's what Dell is is selling the hell out of an HPE. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you have to have a play that's going to get your customer there in ten years, and that's yeah. what we're seeing Dell and HPE specifically stepping up, I think, and Amazon pushing down, and it's not oblique anymore, right? It's happening. Yeah, you know what's you know what's interesting in all this, Steve is um, tell me is as we sit here and we talk about. Dell and HPE, right? Um, two things. The first is, it, it, what, what, and I noticed this with my brain, um, Lenovo didn't really come to mind. Cisco didn't really come to mind. And they, they, they do have plays in here as well. But the other thing is, you know, if you, if you kind of extend this, this kind of thinking out and you look at outposts and um, you look at what my, how Microsoft might evolve Azure Stacks, right? It truly relegates that, that especially at, at least from our server perspective, that hardware to kind of who cares state, right? It's when you read everything about outposts, it talks about Amazon servers, right? It's Amazon branded servers, which is really, you know, a tie in box or, you know, um, you know, maybe it's a, a quanta box, but it's the, the point is, you're not you're not talking about HPE servers, Cisco servers, Dell servers, Lenovo servers, right? These are Amazon servers, so it's rendering that hardware almost kind of to a commodity. Oh, and, and everything moves into kind of the special sauce on the on the services side. Well, and to go further, right? Because Amazon, again, looking at the retail business, is all about squeezing margins out to mm-hmm. maximize their profit. It's not even about uh, Intel or AMD or any physical processor vendor. Right. Uh, I mean, one of the, one of the big takeaways for me this week 
and there's a couple of bits of news around this. And, and we talk a lot about ARM coming into the data center, but this is why. Yep. Amazon is off building their own parts, which yes. are more than competitive with anything you can find on the market and kind of that, that, that space. And they're yeah. selling it cheaper than they're selling Intel and AMD. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that, you know, because I mean, I've been, I was in IT, geez, I guess it's been, it's been almost 20 years since I was last in IT. And when I was in IT, um, both as a consumer of, of, product and in IT consulting, right? Never once did I either specifically ask for or did I specifically pitch an AMD-based server, an Intel-based server, um, a Spark-based server. Uh, it wasn't, right? I was buying a database server. I was buying a file and print server. I was buying, you know, um, you know, a, a, a you know, a something to support my Oracle environment for my, my line of business apps um, or PeopleSoft or whatever it was I was doing or, or pitching. But never once did I truly get down into, into the technology. Now, those, those the goodness that Intel brought to the equation or AMD would bring to the equation would, would kind of drive my decision, even though I wasn't fully aware of it. But as, again, as those performance you know, those performance deltas move away and compatibility issues move away because of interpretive languages, real-time compiling, all that neat stuff. You don't, you don't, you you think even less about ARM versus x86 versus, or AMD versus Intel, or, you know, insert new, you know, chip architecture um, to compete with, with all of these, right? You don't even think about that. And the delivery of Amazon saying, you know, and Amazon or Microsoft saying, look, we're dropping this stuff down into your data center. Don't worry about it. Um, you know, we're going to manage it all for you. It makes that, you're right, it makes that discussion even even less. I mean, it's who's who is going to be 10 years from now? Who's going to be talking about processor architectures? Right, right. And, and Amazon stepping up and doing this with ARM is just enabling yeah. the rest of the ecosystem. Yeah. Uh, because it's a rising tide thing, right? The, the pushback on ARM has always been, put the performance discussion aside because the workloads that work fine on ARM are even great. Yeah. Uh, the discussion's always been software compatibility, tool chains. I don't want to cross compile, whatever. Uh, Amazon is off solving that problems or yep. those problems for, for their own engineers. Uh, did you say that problems? Yeah, I did. So Amazon, Amazon is off solving those problems for their engineers. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and they're going to help you do that too. One of the most interesting announcements that caught my eye this week is they open sourced, uh, uh, they open sourced, not open source. They released a machine learning or an AI tool that does uh, machine learning driven code reviews. <laughs> now, now I, now I can just upload my Java code and say, analyze it. So it's only working for Java today. It's coming out for other languages next year, but, uh, uh, you know, this is so my code will run on their instances. Uh, and it's not just Amazon. There was another announcement on the ARM space this week. Ampere, Ampere, yeah. am I saying that right? Uh, yeah. They pre-announced in, in mid-2020, they're going to launch a 7 nanometer, 80 core. 80 core part. Yeah. 80 core part targeted at hyperscalers. So the folks yeah. that don't want to build their own ships like Amazon uh, yeah. can compete against Amazon. See, and this is where I think it's funny you say this because this is where I think ARM sells himself short. You know, you've spoken with, um, and, and I, I get what they're doing, but you know, you've spoken with a lot of folks over at ARM. I've spoken with a lot of folks over at ARM, and you know, every time I talk about, you know, you, 
y'all have a real your 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 ecosystem has a real opportunity to to become you know the new Wintel, if you will, from the '90s. There, I was like, wait a minute, no, you know, we're talking infrastructure, we're talking, you know, kind of, Edge. Wanna, you know, yeah. But you know what? This is, and I think what they're trying to do is kind of manage, you know, the the trajectory and the, the growth of of the ARM ecosystem and ARM in the data center. But without a doubt, um, you know, this to me is what these kinds of, of activities are what make, you know, that vision of ARM being a, a first, you know, first class citizen, not just in, you know, switches and other things in the data center, but in compute in the data center. This is what makes it real. And I can see this happening over the next, you know, it's going to take a while, but I definitely can see it happening. It, it's going to happen, and where ARM has a, uh, an advantage today, and, and where they, uh, and we talked to uh, Muhammad here on the podcast a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, where they have strategic, uh, uh, where they have strategic goals around edge compute, and mm-hmm. Amazon this week <laughs> announced, of course, uh, something called AWS Wavelength, mm-hmm. and well, Wavelength is are uh, AWS compute instances that live within uh, 5G cell towers or wherever those collect up to, right? They live out at the telecom edge. Yeah. Uh, so if you imagine an edge-enabled solution where you might want an architecture that's the same end-to-end because my software, you don't know where it's going to run based on the workload. Yeah. Uh, you know, wavelength is, to use the term outpost, right? Wavelength is an outpost for both Amazon and arm off at the 5g edge right yeah. so it just starts to make sense when you look at it end to end so uh, you're right we've been talking you know we both worked at amd a decade ago we've been talking about the commoditization of this stuff for a long time but i think we're finally starting to see it yeah and i'll tell you when you look at that when you look at aws's new part that graviton 2 it's not just a it's not just a Look at the spec sheet, and it, it maps up. When you look at the performance numbers, I mean, you're looking at 40% performance boost over um, over the previous generation of Graviton. But you're also seeing, so people go, who cares? It's you know, you're comparing against an older version of itself. But when you compare it against its x86 equivalents, it's still winning on performance. It's killing on price, um, and the power is, is a little bit better as well. So, you know, and, and for those people who don't understand, you know, I, I don't mean this the way it's going to come out, but if you don't understand kind of how hyperscalers figure out what best works for them, they look at performance, they look at cost, and they look at how much power is being consumed because that's a that's a big impact on operational costs. So when you look at performance per watt per dollar, these parts are just killing it. Um, I think back to the original Opteron from AMD back in 2004, um, and, and I'm not driving, drawing equivalency from market share means or anything, but you know it, it's it's that kind of value statement that they're able to make now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and bringing us back to where we started, if you look at what they're doing uh, in terms of outpost, in terms of wavelength, in terms of what they're doing on site, in terms of the, the breadth and depth of CPUs and now GPUs that you could add to your workload, they're selling a model of simplicity. Uh, you know, HPE and Dell, I think, have have very valid strategic responses to that that'll play yeah. out. And, and, you know, it's going to be a, a, a two or three-way market a decade from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the lesser players I worry about a little bit when I think about existential threats. I'm thinking about guys like NetApp or yeah. backup vendors like Deem. Uh, I look at them as like, you know, early adopters in the Amazon marketplace, right? They have a, they have a niche that they can go in and fill a need today and make some money. Yeah. Uh, but eventually, right, Amazon's going to deliver a backup service or why, you know, they're delivering all the building blocks for storage. Why should, why should I make you go buy your file from NetApp? Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to subsume more and more of this as they move forward on the traditional IT side. Yeah, uh, you're, you're right. If you, if you back out 10,000 feet, you know, the cloud market is still very, the cloud services market, if you will, is still very fractured. And I mean that across compute and uh-huh. storage and all the different services. And there will be a consolidation at this point. Yeah. And, and the other thing, uh, so, you know, they're, they're, they're doing all this for the data center and they're being extremely successful. And we'll see how successful they are without those. That's going to be the interesting thing to watch in 2020, I think. Uh, yeah. I don't know who's going to count this and measure it because it breaks all of the uh, kind of traditional metrics that we look at, right, or the, or the sources we go to to look at for, uh, you yeah. know, IDC puts out server storage reports, right? How do you count? And we've talked, you know, we, we've had informal discussions at, at these events with all the guys, not just IDC, to talk about these things. But yeah. how do you count as a service on site, right? Whether I'm yeah. buying my storage from Pure, IBM, HPE, or even my servers from Dell or Amazon, how do you count it, right? Yeah. And, and they're not going to break it out. You know, Amazon's not, they, don't, they barely break out AWS, right? In any specificity. Uh, so, so gauging the success is going to be a challenge for us, but that, you know, that's our problem to solve, not our listeners. Um, well, and I, but I, I think, you know, and if you draw, you know, you kind of drew an analogy to the early days of Amazon and, and AWS at the beginning of this. And I think if, if you look at Outpost and you draw that same analogy, right? If you remember with Amazon, there was this, ex, you know, explosive growth. And then there was, I don't know that it was a contraction, but there was certainly a leveling off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they kind of took off again, right? When they kind of went beyond just books into all of these other great things they were selling. Um, and, and I, I think you can draw kind of a, an equal analogy with outposts. I think you'll probably see that early adopter and those kind of those hero workloads that kind of allow outposts to, to gain some foothold in some, some, set of data centers, you know, that kind of, but, you know, the early adopters will all kind of share the same demographics or, or needs or, you know, kind of, um, and the usage models will be kind of equal. Um, and, and, but I don't think it's fair to draw, you know, kind of conclusion around success failure based on that first year or two. This is a, to what you said, this is a longer term. And I think AWS gets it. This is a longer term play. And really, you're not going to be able to measure success for a good five or six years. No, I, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that completely. Um, the other area where Microsoft, not Microsoft, the other area where Amazon is stepping up, which is very interesting to me because I, I spent a lot of time uh, thinking about AI and ML and how that impacts data centers. And, and you know, we, we've talked about it before. And if, you, if you're familiar with the space, oh, you know, that enterprises are struggling with how to roll this out. Yep. Uh, and how to safely deploy. Uh, yep. I think Amazon recognizes an opportunity here. If you look at where their announcements are clustered, and I have this yep. beautiful infographic that's kind of living in my head right now. <laughs> if you look at where their announcements are clustered, uh, they did 14 announcements around machine learning, not features, but products. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They yeah. want to make, they want to make 
uh, AI and machine learning, uh, they want to be the ones who commoditize that for enterprises. Well, that is your hero workload for outposts, right? I mean, it's your hero workload for outposts. And if you look at the things they're doing, yeah, there, there are some things that are longer term, like, you know, a machine learning musical keyboard and, and you know, toy cars. Uh, those are enablers. Uh, yeah. But if you look at the other features, like uh, I'm reading through the list here, um, you know, they, they have a, a Amazon fraud detector now, right? You train, you funnel your transactions through Amazon's fraud detector and they use their machine learning to pick it up. Uh, yeah. Amazon Kindra, their enterprise search that's intelligent. Uh, it, it just goes on and on. A lot of developer tools that, that use AI to help out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and this is not new. They did this at kind of the same level of announcements a year ago. Uh, yeah. So I, I think they're looking at machine learning and AI as kind of the next evolution of cloud to, to put myself in their shoes, right? Uh, they're doing all of the things that they did with cloud five years ago. Yeah, uh, with machine learning and AI, and they want to be your your turnkey AI stuff. So you don't have to go sell a lot of GPUs or install a lot of GPUs in your own data center. And right. you're right that that's going to be a pull for let's get Outpost on site. Yeah, and oh by the way, you're using it for this, <clears throat> right? Use it for that. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you. I mean, what do you, what are your thoughts? So you know, around around kind of the. You know, not the necessarily end state, but, you know, we talk about it being a two or three horse kind of uh, race, right? Is this a, is this a, you know, look for, you know, they all have their, their, you know, whether it's Anthos, Outpost, Azure Stack, you know, is this truly just a, a GCP versus Azure versus, uh, versus Amazon? Or do you, do you think about the, the Baidu's and the 10 cents as kind of having some traction in the U.S.? Or is I don't know. I don't know that they, they get traction in the U.S. Right? I think yeah. it's a three horse race in the U.S. If we, if we, uh, or it's a five horse race because as we start looking at on prem, I, I think Green Lake and things and, and what, you know, we think Dell is going to announce over the next 12 or 18 months, uh, are competitive where Amazon and Azure and Google Cloud, uh, they have the public cloud component and that's going to be a benefit for them. Uh, yeah. because they truly do give you that end to end, uh, play. The way that HPE and Dell and these other guys are going to do that is they need to put some software out in the cloud. The cloud that, by the way, these three public guys control. I'm not saying that any of them would do anything nefarious to, uh, you know, benefit themselves. Of course not. (laughs) But looking historically, uh, you know, third party stuff, uh, doesn't always run the best on, on hosted services when it, when it benefits them. Uh, you know. I'm not throwing, you know, I'm not accusing anybody of anything on this podcast, but if you even look, you know, Microsoft and Internet Explorer, right? right there's no. a long history in the industry. You look at, look, it, it's, and it's, there's nothing, I wouldn't even call it nefarious. It's called being smart, right? You try and keep a, a competitive edge as a, you know, if I'm oh, at AEW, sure. I'm do it right now. So. And, and if you look at the acquisitions that Amazon has done in the past, you know, 24 months, they've been hardware companies. Yeah. So their competitive edge could be a simple, not not doing anything nefarious by saying, oh, your instances that you're running your, your, uh, you know, your NetApp file services on is degraded in some way. It's that I got better crap and I'm using it myself. Right? Yeah, right. Uh, that I'm not selling. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I going back to the you know the whole you know China versus U.S. I would agree with you. I think there's a um, it, it's not so much unlike 
um, some other markets, right? Where, but I do think it's going to, you're going to have the, the, the U.S., let's call it the North America, Western Europe kind of mm-hmm. um, market, and then the, the rest of the world. And, um, and maybe it's expanded a little bit beyond that, but certainly, um, I just can't see those, even though, you know, when you look at Tencent and Baidu and Ali cloud and even Huawei's cloud, right? I mean, they're huge, but yes. No. Do you, can you name well, one U S no. customer that is using Ali no. cloud in the States? No, no right? they're, they're, they're huge in their markets and, and those markets are nothing to sneeze at. Right. I mean, they're as big as the markets here. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know what you do in your day job. I don't spend a lot of time looking at those, right? I look at it maybe from the technology perspective, but, you know, I don't understand the dynamics of the Asian markets, for example, or Indian markets well enough to uh, speak intelligently. Yeah. Well, so, I was, was going to make a joke about myself speaking intelligently, period, but I won't. Maybe you're from Massachusetts. <laughs> anyway. That was anyway. What else? <laughs> So, big week, right? And, and uh, you know, you, you see some writing for more insights on this. I know Pat, Patrick Moore has already put out at least one piece. Uh, he did, a, yeah, he did a Graviton piece. I'm going to be doing a, a Graviton and Outpost piece on Forbes mm-hmm. um, uh, next week. So, okay, I'm going to kind of try and poke on this a little bit deeper and you know ask some more questions and try and sound smart. And, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do a think piece about a mid level band. <laughs> mid-level or middle-aged <sighs> yeah. anyway we're all, we're all feeling middle-aged hey so what else uh, is there anything else you want to talk about this week we've been rambling on that for a half hour no i wanted to hit on that because i think it's you know that i think it i think this topic is so is so big it impacts i mean whether we're talking Servers, processors, software. I mean, this spans every kind of every facet of IT services, right? It, uh, it really does. And, and the, we couldn't do any of the announcements justice uh, here, right? So if anybody's still listening after a half hour, right, go Google it. Amazon, I'm, I got an Amazon page open right now that consolidates all of their announcements broken out by category. Yeah. Uh, and, and all of the keynotes are online. Uh, I, I haven't gone through all the keynotes, but I've, I've been watching the readouts of them. Um, I haven't either, and you're right. I mean, the, they're so so exhaustive. The the announcements that the even the AR, you know, the analyst relation emails that went out and kind of gave overviews of of the daily announcements. You had to scroll way way down to get through them all. I mean, it's it's incredible. It it really is. So I mean, I, I would say going you know all the way back to, to the first part of this podcast. How do you measure innovation? We go to a lot of conferences. I don't, I've never seen a conference that comes close to delivering this number of products. Yeah, not not just features, but products, uh, yeah. as we're seeing out of Amazon at every one of these events. Yeah, and you 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 hit on it yourself, right? This is a if you kind of even step back, it's a it's they span from features to products to services. These are like you know, and this is what makes them so damn interesting is this, you know, kind of delivery. I look at, sometimes I look at, I, I go to these conferences and I hear these announcements. And I'm like, man, that's just incredible. The technology is incredible. And you look at it from kind of a, a nerd's perspective, right? 
when I look at it, when I look at what Amazon, you know, kind of what they announced and you know, the totality of what they announced, it spans everything from that, you know, that nerdy view to the geeky view to the to the business view, right? Um, which is which. Is, you know, I'm not saying it's unique. I'm not saying that others don't do it, but the sheer breadth of, of all these is what makes them so compelling. It does, and and I consistently give this feedback after the good feedback in my headphones. I consistently get give this feedback when we do these events because we we do these analyst only sessions where they do lay out a strategy and say this is where we're going over five years. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't. They don't. The vendors across the board largely don't tell that story publicly, and, and I wish they would because it gives great context uh, yeah. to, to how we frame a lot of what they're talking about. Uh, yeah. So anyway, any vendors, if you're listening, pitch your strategy first and then show how the products hang off of this. Right? It's how we do product development internally. And, yep. and let's, let's talk about it because as I look at, you know, what's the long-term intersection of even VMware and AWS, I really need to think about where VMware sees that and yeah. where AWS sees that so I can make intelligent choices as I deploy my architecture. Yep. So, anyway. Amen and amen, dude. I couldn't agree with you more. And not just not just lead with strategy and kind of hang the tech off it, but tell that story publicly um, and, and focus on that story publicly. That's what your customers want to hear. That's what they want to hear. So they don't want to hear us talk anymore. Uh, I think it's early December. It's almost mid-December. I think we have one more podcast in us before the break. Yep. Um, what do you say we convene again next week and talk about, talk about our favorite things that happened in 2020? I've got a great list already, starting with uh, coffee and carbs at the different conferences, and we'll go from there. <laughs> Let's do it, man. We could, we could do the... Um, from the sound of music, these are a few of my favorite things. Songs are kind of maybe we can we can do a little spoken word poetry.